0: V.C.Y. America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk.
1: We do thank you for joining us today here on Crosstalk on V.C.Y. America for Friday News Roundup program and friends. I uh, need to uh, mention at the outset, it is doubtful we're going to get to phone lines today because there is so much material we need to bring to your attention. You're going to be hearing some audio clips. We're going to be uh, sharing with you an interview. I sat down with Matt Staver from Liberty Council just uh, hours ago here today as he is arguing before the Florida Supreme Court. We'll have that interview coming up and so much more uh, we hope you'll stay tuned through the duration of the program today. You might just hear some things you're not getting from other sources, but keeping you informed. And I trust the, the the burden on your heart weighs heavy to be in prayer for this nation, a nation that's badly in need of the Lord, a nation that needs to turn to Him, a nation that needs to repent of its sin and and seek God's forgiveness and, and turn completely to Him. Uh, that's where we are at as a nation here today. And meanwhile, until we get to that point, friends, uh, we're not going to see situations get any better at all. We see uh, sin is running amok. We are seeing the destruction that is taking place, not only of our nation itself, but of the, the family, and sadly, in some cases, that of the church as well. And uh, so, we'll be addressing a number of issues today on the program. But to may it burden our hearts to be greater and more intent in prayer, and intense as well in prayer for our nation than ever before. We're going to uh, begin with a hearing that took place this week uh, in the uh, U.S. Senate. This is a Senate Judiciary Committee meeting, and this is when the CEO of Meta, the Mark Zuckerberg, apologized to families who have been negatively affected by his company's products after a grilling by Senator Josh Hawley. Um, we're going to listen to this exchange because Senator Hawley just really, uh, and according to the words of Breitbart, lambasted Zuckerberg for taking time, uh, taking little or no action to protect children on Facebook and Instagram, and then grilled him on why the billionaire and his company are have not offered compensation to victims and their families. Friends, young people are being wrecked by these social media sources. Young people have been driven to suicide through these sources. Young people have been uh, groomed to, to turn their back on their parents, to turn out to their peers, to turn out to the likes of uh, the, the Planned Parenthood of this world, and and those who are trying to promote this uh, gender diversity and all that's going on there, it is many through social media accounts and those friendships that are being built with people they've never met in this life. And yet they're receiving advice and taking advice and obeying this advice that's coming. Well, all that to say this, let's listen in to that grilling from part of this hearing that took place earlier this week.
2: Mr. Zuckerberg, let me start with you. Did I hear you say in your opening statement that there's no link between mental health and social media use?
3: Senator, what I said is I think it's important to look at the science. I know it's people widely talk about this as if that is something that's already been proven. And I think that the bulk of the scientific evidence does not support that.
2: Well, really, let, let me just remind you of some of the science from your own company. Instagram studied the effect of your platform on teenagers. Let me just read you some quotes from the Wall Street Journal's report on this. Company researchers found that Instagram is harmful for a sizable percentage of teenagers, most notably teenage girls. Here's a quote from your own study. Quote, we make body image issues worse for one in three teen girls. Here's another quote. Teens blamed Instagram. This is your study for increases in the rate of anxiety and depression. This reaction was unprompted and consistent across all groups. That's your study.
3: Senator, we try to under, understand the uh, the feedback and, and how people feel about the services we can improve. Wait a minute, them. your own da- your are- own
2: study says that you make life worse for one in three teenage girls you increase no, Senator, anxiety and depression says. that's what it says and you're here testifying to us in public that there's no link you've been doing this for years that for sounds- years you've been coming in public and testifying under oath that there's absolutely no link your product is wonderful the science is nascent full speed ahead while internally you know full well your product is a disaster for teenagers Senator, and yet you keep true. right on doing what you're doing that's right not true that's not true. Let me, let, me t- let me show you some other but facts you, I you know that you're you familiar carry, with. You I, well, I, oh, data wait a minute, wait a minute, you want, wait a minute, that's not I mean, a question. That's, that's, that's not a question. Internal... Those are facts, Mr. Zuckerberg. That's not that's a not, question. Those aren't facts. He, let me show you some more facts. Here are some, here's some information from a whistleblower who came before the Senate, testified under oath in public. He worked for you. He's a senior executive. Here's what he showed he found when he studied your products. So, for example, this is girls between the ages of 13 and 15 years old. 37% of them reported that they had been exposed to nudity on the platform, unwanted, in the last seven days. 24% said that they had experienced unwanted sexual advances they'd been propositioned in the last seven days. 17% said they had encountered self-harm content pushed at them in the last seven days. Now, I know you're familiar with these stats because he sent you an email where he lined it all out. I mean, we've got a copy of it right here. My question is, who did you fire for this?
3: Who got fired because of that? Senator, we study all of this because it's important and we want to improve our services. Well, you just told and me a second ago that be- you studied it, but there was no linkage who Senator, did you fire? You, I said you mischaracterized
2: 37% of teenage girls between 13 and 15 were exposed to unwanted nudity in a week on Instagram. You knew about it. Who did you fire? Senator, this is why we're building all Who these Who did you fire? Tools. Senator, that's, I don't think that that's... Who did you fire?
3: Uh, I'm, I'm not going to answer that. Because um, <laughs> you didn't is, fire
2: anybody, right? You didn't take so any there, significant I, I action. Think
3: this, it's appropriate to talk about... It, it, like it's not appropriate. Decisions put, Do you know who's sitting like behind
2: you? You've got families from across the nation whose children are either severely harmed or gone, and you don't think it's appropriate to take a, talk about steps that you took, the fact that you didn't fire a I, single person. To, let I'm me, ask you, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Have you compensated any speak. of the victims? Sorry. Have you compensated any of the victims? I, These girls. Have you compensated them?
3: I don't believe so. Wh- you,
2: why not? Don't you think they deserve some compensation for what your platform has done? Help Senator, with counseling services? Help with dealing with the issues that your, your service has caused? Our,
3: our job is to make sure that we build tools to help keep people safe. Are you going to platform? compensate them? Senator, our job and what we take seriously is making sure that we build industry-leading tools to find harmful content, take it off the services, and to build tools that empower parents. So you didn't take
2: any action. You didn't take any action. You didn't fire anybody. You haven't compensated a single victim. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. There's families of victims here today. Have you apologized to the victims? Would you like to do so now? Well, they're here. You're on national television. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people?
3: I, 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 I'm sorry for everything that you've all gone through. It's terrible. No one should have to go through the things that your families have have suffered, and this is why we invest so much and are going to continue doing industry-leading efforts to uh, to make sure that no one has to go through the types of things that your families have had to suffer.
2: You know. Why, Mr. Zuckerberg, why should your company not be sued for this? Why is it that you can claim, you hide behind a liability shield, you can't be held accountable? Shouldn't you be held accountable personally?
3: Will you take personal responsibility? Senator, I, I think I've already answered this. I mean, this is, these We'll Well, try this again. Will
2: you take personal responsibility?
3: Senator, I view my job and the job of our company as building the best tools that we can to keep our community safe. Well, you're failing at that. Well, Senator, we're doing an industry-leading effort. We build AI oh, tools nonsense. that— Oh,
2: Your product is killing people. Will you personally commit to compensating the victims? You're a billionaire. Will you commit to compensating the victims? Will you set up a compensation fund Senator, with your money?
3: Senator, I think these are, these are with complicated— With your money. Senator, these are complicated Yes or th- no. That, that's not a complicated I, I, question, though. That's Senator, a yes or no. Will
2: you set up a victim's compensation fund with your money, the money you made on these families sitting behind you? Yes or no?
3: Senator, I don't think that that's uh, my job is to. Sounds make sure like that we a build no. Good tools. My, my job like a is no. to make sure that
2: we... your job is to be responsible for what your company has done. You've made billions of dollars on the people sitting behind them. Are you here. You've done nothing to help them. You've done nothing to compensate them. You've done nothing to put it right. You could do so here today, and you should. You should, Mr. Zuckerberg.
1: Wow! Wow! Josh Hawley shaming Mark Zuckerberg into apologizing and and grilling him on these issues, and and the, the the families of victims holding up pictures of their 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 children who had been harmed by the social media, who you know victims who have who have seen unwanted pornography and and nudity and and or pressured into uh, you know providing such things themselves, or or those who have been uh, induced to performing self harm. And and on and on it goes. Uh, Friends, it it is startling to see what is taking place. And uh, I'm thankful for Senator Josh Hawley shining the light of day on these matters. The Federalist is also reporting here that in an interview with Wired, publisher last uh, Friday, uh, board member uh, Pamela Sen Martin uh, claimed that a tech platform enters 2024, even though we're addressing the problems that arose in prior elections as a starting point. It is not enough. Friends, we have not gotten past the issues that were part of the, the uh, elax, last uh, election-related issues. Between the U.S. election in 2020, she says, to the Brazilian election in 2022, Meta has not done enough to address the potential misuse of its platforms through coordinated campaigns, people organizing, or using bots on the platforms to convey a message to destabilize a country, to create a lack of trust or confidence on electoral processes, she said. Uh, uh, Sen Martin told Wired that since 2020, we've seen an advance in Meta using more tools to address election-related issues, but listed election interference initiatives, uh, uh, red censorship techniques that Meta has tested out in different countries. She acknowledged how Meta's own algorithms, their own news feeds, their own recommendation systems, their own political ads can play a part in what she called protection of electoral processes. Friends, more to come. It seems to me there is some major election happening in this world this year. The Washington Times is reporting a bipartisan bill to slash taxes for businesses and enhance the child tax credit as a step closer to becoming law. The legislation passed the House on Wednesday evening. The vote 357 to 70 now heads to the Democratic-run Senate. The bill would expand the child tax credit uh, to lower-income families and uh, reinstate expired credits for corporations from the 2017 Trump tax cuts. The bill is retroactive, would apply for three tax years, 2023, 2024, and 2025. From Just the News, Joshua Schulte betrayed his country by committing some of the most brazen, heinous crimes of espionage in American history. That's a statement from U.S. Attorney Damian Williams, a former CIA officer who stole agency documents and sent them to WikiLeaks, sentenced to 40 years in prison on Thursday over a litany of charges. Time is not going to permit me to get more into those areas. But, uh, friends, let me just say that there are, these things are happening on the highest levels, and it's, it's certainly having an impact upon our national security as a whole. We see the impact of what open borders are having upon our nation and the selling of secrets that is taking place and those that are betraying this country and those who are enabling the betraying to take place as well. Friends, you're listening to Crosstalk. It's a news roundup Friday here on on the program. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, when we come back, you're going to be hearing my interaction with Constitutional Attorney Matt Staver from Liberty Council as uh, we spoke just hours ago today regarding his upcoming case before the Florida Supreme Court. Folks, this is an important issue that uh, is being fought for Florida, but there's impact for the nation as a whole as well. We'll be back in one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network.
4: Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and creation researcher with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, where do comets come
0: from? Chris, comets pose a very difficult problem for long-age evolution. Many of these comets are short-lived. They last only a few trips around the sun, but yet our solar system is full of comets. Therefore, it can't be very old. Evolutionists have proposed a hypothetical source of comets called the Kuiper Belt. Photographs from the Hubble Telescope seem to support the claim. Unfortunately, recent studies of these same photos declare that the Kuiper Belt has not been found. There is no source of comets which would keep our solar system supplied with them. The Bible says that the entire universe was created in Creation Week, along with everything else. It's not billions of years old, and the evidence that we see supports this. Everything goes back to Genesis, and so it should.
4: Thanks, Dr. Morris. For more on Creation, visit our website at www.icr.org.
1: This coming Wednesday, February 7th at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council, will present oral arguments before the Florida Supreme Court regarding a proposed amendment to the Florida Constitution that would codify unrestricted abortion as a right. He's with me by phone right now. Matt, thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you. Good to be with you, Jim.
1: Matt, this coming Wednesday, you're going to be providing oral arguments uh, here representing many in the state of Florida. Tell us about this case.
0: Yes, this is a proposed constitutional amendment sponsored by Planned Parenthood, the ACLU and other abortion advocates to put on the November ballot to change the Florida Constitution. If passed, it will provide unregulated abortion with no exceptions. The only possible law in Florida that could survive after this amendment is possibly a parental notification, but no parental consent, no licensing restrictions no health and safety standards, no informed consent, nothing would survive after this amendment. It says no law shall restrict abortion prior to viability. And then even after viability, that abortion is still permissible up through the actual birth of the child if a health care provider says so. And a healthcare provider is not defined. In Florida, healthcare providers include 58 categories of professions, which includes a 911 operator, a tattoo artist, an orthotic, a fitter assistant, a physical therapist, a dietitian, a nutritionist, and so many others even a school counselor is considered a health care provider so any of these would be able to say even post viability that the abortion is necessary for any reason so this provides unlimited unrestricted unregulated abortion through all nine months, up till birth, for any reason, at any time, and it disables the legislature from enacting any laws, even to address egregious, outrageous situations of abusers like Dr. Kermit Gosnell, they would be disempowered because every law restricts something. And when it says no law shall restrict abortion, that means no law. That's no law other than they said, possibly parental notification. So if there's a law that stands in Florida after this, it would only be parental notification, which is just window dressing. So this is a very serious subject matter in Florida. A voter initiative needs to have two things to be on the ballot obviously it needs the signatures they say they've got them but beyond that it needs to comply with the single subject rule and it violates that because it affects all three branches of government the legislature the executive as well as the judiciary It regulates pre viability and post viability abortion it regulates the broad category of health that's way beyond abortion and it has all these different areas, it violates a single subject. Secondly, it also is misleading and confusing because of the language that's undefined. There's broad language with no definition. For example, just like I mentioned, healthcare providers not defined as a medical doctor, which they could have done. No, they made it so broad that it includes 58 categories of profession most of which have no medical training whatsoever. Yeah,
1: that's outrageous, Matt. And and you mentioned the group is Floridians Protecting Freedom, and, and uh, they've got connections to Planned Parenthood, don't they?
0: Yes, this is backed by Planned Parenthood and the ACLU. Those are the two primary backers that gathered these uh, signatures. The signatures are going through the certification process, but they say they have enough. Uh, they've gathered over 100,000 signatures. They're so confident that they stopped gathering the signatures. So the only thing left right now is this argument on February 7th before the Florida Supreme Court to keep this off the ballot. And that's what I'll be arguing on February the 7th, that this should never be on the ballot because it is intentionally deceptive and designed to fool voters into voting for unlimited unregulated abortion how many people if they knew that this meant there's zero protections zero regulations no health care and safety standards no licensing no hospital privileges no informed consent no parental consent none of that would survive if this passes in november
1: and man i'm confident that that, that your media throughout the state of florida is not telling how egregious this is uh, because the fact that when you gave that list of many, you know, tattoo artists, they could be the one to determine, oh, you need to have an abortion for your your health?
0: Yeah, and tattoo artists not only would be able to say that it's necessary to protect your health, which is undefined, it means anything, frankly, when it's undefined like that, but also able to determine whether a baby is viable. Without any medical training at all, be able to make a medical diagnosis or determination including your own nine one one operator you could call up and say i need a referral for abortion and your nine one one operator literally under this provision can allow you to have an abortion even if there's a law that's regulating abortion say even in the third trimester so no law at all prior to viability zero none except for possibly parental notification after viability if there is any law that the legislature can pass we're talking about like in third trimester then these health care providers can override those laws they have an absolute veto power over any regulation or law or protection that otherwise would be passed by the legislature for these late third trimester abortions.
1: Matt, you're making the oral arguments this coming Wednesday morning. How can our listeners best be praying for you and the team at Liberty Council?
0: Well, pray for the preparation. Uh, We're in intense preparation right now, but also pray for the argument on Wednesday, February 7th, and the seven justices that are on the Florida Supreme Court, that they also make a ruling in the near future that this amendment violates Florida initiative law and must not be cannot be placed on the November ballot.
1: Okay, and that's the goal to place it on the November ballot. Any idea when these justices might make their decision known?
0: Well, we don't know when, but I would expect probably within 30 to 60 days, no later, I would think, because this is a ballot initiative and we are headed toward the November ballot in the next several months. So time is of the essence, and this is a very, very critical argument.
1: Friends, uh, be praying for Matt Staver. That's this coming Wednesday morning before the Florida Supreme Court oral arguments will be made. Be praying for, for their preparation work that's going on right now. Be praying for them to clearly articulate their oral arguments this coming Wednesday. Matt, thank you so much for being with us here today.
0: Thank you, Jim. My pleasure to be with you.
1: Matt Staver from Liberty Council joined me just a couple hours ago uh, to talk about this uh, very important issue. Be praying for him as he argues before the Florida Supreme Court this coming Wednesday. Well, from townhall.com, Representative Ilhan Omar made concerning comments about her primary interest while serving in Congress. Her primary interest, folks, to protect Somali interests. Now noteworthy figures in the United States are calling for her to face the consequences, with Governor Ron DeSantis posting a call to expel her from Congress to denaturalize her and to deport her. Speaking originally in Somali, Omar's remarks were highlighted by Deputy Minister of Foreign Affairs for the Republic of Somaliland, Rhoda Elmay, who who expressed great concern. According to her translation, Omar said she was Somalian first, Muslim second, and was here to protect the interests of Somalia from inside the U.S. system. DeSantis uh, certainly isn't the only one to issue such a call. There is a hashtag Expel Omar has been trending over X. Omar could be theoretically be denaturalized and deported. Uh, And I find it very interesting indeed that uh, uh, Representative Marjorie Marjorie Taylor Greene is pushing to censor Representative Omar for her outrageous speech to her supporters in downtown Minneapolis on January the 27th. So Marjorie Taylor Greene took to the House floor. Here's what she had to say.
5: Censuring Representative Ilhan Omar of Somali, I mean, Minnesota. Whereas elected members of Congress take an oath to bear true faith and allegiance to the United States without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. Whereas Representative Ilhan Omar took an oath of allegiance to the United States upon becoming a citizen, declaring... I absolutely and entirely renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to any foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty of whom or which I have heretofore been a subject or citizen. Whereas on January 27, 2024, Representative Omar gave remarks at an event in Minneapolis in which she made treasonous statements Whereas Representative Omar said she has spoken to many Somalians who asked her to intercede for the Somali government by pressuring the United States government into certain actions. Whereas Representative Omar assured the Somalians she spoke to, the U.S. government will only do what Somalians in the U.S. tell them to do. They will do what we want and nothing else. They must follow our orders, and that is how we will safeguard the interest of Somalia. Whereas Representative Omar continued, For as long as I am in U.S. Congress, Somalia will never be in danger. Its waters will not be stolen by Ethiopia or others. Sleep in comfort knowing I am here to protect the interest of Somalia from inside the U.S. system." whereas George Washington warned in his farewell address of 1796 to guard against the impostures of pretended patriotism and further declared citizens by birth or choice of a common country that country has a right to concentrate your affections. The name of American, which belongs to you in your national capacity, must always exalt the just pride of patriotism more than any appellation derived from local discriminations. Whereas these statements by Representative Omar clearly violate the oath she took as an elected member of Congress to defend and protect the United States Constitution— Whereas Representative Omar has exhibited the treasonous tendencies George Washington warned about, and her actions must be condemned by all members of Congress who adhere to the oath they took upon assuming office. And whereas by openly admitting her efforts to advance Somalia's interest using her position as a United States representative Representative Omar has revealed herself to be a foreign agent, acting on behalf of a foreign government. Now, therefore, be it resolved that Representative Ilhan Omar of Minnesota be censured. Representative Ilhan Omar forthwith present herself in the well of the House of Representatives for the pronouncement of censure. Representative Ilhan Omar be censured with the public reading of this resolution by the Speaker and Representative Ilhan Omar B. and is hereby removed from the Committee of the Budget and the Committee on Education and the Workforce.
1: That's Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene calling for uh, censorship. And uh, I wonder if they will act on that at all. Will they act on it? Friends, as you recall, Usama Dakdak has been here often on the Crosstalk program as guest, and uh, he has referred to CARE, the Council on American-Islamic Relations, as Hamas, Hamas CARE. I mean, others, uh, Sharam Hadian, well, also talking about Hamas CARE. Well, did you know that the Council on American-Islamic Relations CARE, the largest Muslim civil rights and advocacy organization in the United States of America, has welcomed introduction now of a congressional resolution It's Senate Res 534, S-Res 534, recognizing January as Muslim American Heritage Month and celebrating the achievements of American Muslims. It was introduced in the House of Representatives and Senate by U.S. Representative Andre Carson and Senator Cory Booker. The resolution highlights the historical contributions American Muslims have made across multiple sectors of society. Islam, friends, who has vowed to, to uh, do away with the infidel, strike the necks of the infidel, uh, the infidel being Christians and Jews. And now we're talking about a Muslim American Heritage Month? We'll be right back.
4: It happens to many. You go through life on cruise control until the phone rings indicating a tragedy has occurred. Maybe you visit the doctor and receive devastating news or perhaps a spouse or family member is suddenly taken. You feel like the rug has been pulled out from underneath you and your life forever changed. What do we do when our normal is gone? In the book, A New Normal, Dr. Les Olala guides the reader through four biblical steps when your normal is suddenly taken away. You'll learn that God doesn't intend to harm you with these events and circumstances, But rather, His plan is to perfect you and to strengthen your faith. One copy of A New Normal is available for a donation of $10, three copies for $24, or five copies for a donation of $35. Call 1-800-729-9829. 1-800-729-9829.
1: You're listening to Crosstalk on BCY America. Friends, as I said at the outset of the program today, there is so much material here. I don't I can't make any promises on getting the phone lines today because there's much more I'd like to share with you. Uh, yeah, I'm just sharing here before the break, the resolution introducing to Congress to actually have our United States congressmen and senators a vote on having an uh, uh, an American Muslim American Heritage Month uh, for January. Uh, My, Uh, here we also have, and this this is very telling as well, the House of Representatives voted on banning all perpetrators of the October 7th Hamas massacre from having entry into the United States. The House voted in favor of it 422 to 2. Two of the individuals, the two individuals voting in opposition, only Cory Bush and Rashida Tlaib voted against it. From FoxNews.com, the Justice Department is investigating squad member Corey Bush over the alleged misuse of government funds intended to pay for her security, two sources told Fox News. Responding to Fox News Digital, Bush's office provided a statement confirming the Department of Justice reviewing is reviewing my campaign spending on security services. Bush notably has spent more than $500,000 on her own private security. Now, folks, this is important to know, spending a half a million dollars on her own private security while publicly advocating, advocating for the defund the police movement. She is all for defunding the police, except when it comes to her, she wants her own private security and has spent more than a half a million dollars in order to have it. Her husband and former security guard, Courtney Merritts, who she married in February of 23, according to this report, has pocketed more than $100,000 in payments since Bush added him to her campaign's payroll in January of 22 for what was then marked as, quote, security payments, before switching their description to wage expenses in April. Now, these people that are yelling, defund the police, defund the police, and you know what's happening? There is mayhem happening all across this country. Smash and grab, you know, it's happening in stores and, and being targeted has been drug stores across this nation. People just go in and smash and, 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 and grab, you know, not only the uh, healthcare related products, but medicines and, and even jumping, you know, over counters of, of pharmacists and so far, uh, so forth. But this crime wave is, is targeting stores across this country. And so the, you have some stores that are locking up all their merchandise Behind closed doors, uh, you know, behind you know glass sliding doors, and many others have had to shut down. Some have put these plastic uh, uh, coverings over them, and 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 then we've seen thieves go in with what blowtorches to try and get through that to steal the merchandise. And some of these stores are saying enough is enough, and one of those has been Walgreens. Walgreens has been closing some of their stores in these high crime infested areas, thanks to those who are yelling defund the police. Well. What's interesting is in Roxbury, Massachusetts, one of the Walgreens stores is shutting down. But guess what? One of the squad members, Representative Iana Presley, a member of AOC Squad, she's in a tizzy regarding this at Todd Starnes. And she actually took to the house floor to scold Walgreens for closing a store in a crime-riddled neighborhood that, that thieves are coming in and stealing their things. Listen to what she had to say.
6: Mr. Speaker, Walgreens is planning to close yet another pharmacy in the Massachusetts 7th, this time on Warren Street in Roxbury, a community that is eighty-five percent black and Latino. This closure is a part of a larger trend of abandoning low-income communities like the previous closures in Mattapan and Hyde Park, both in the Massachusetts Seventh. When a Walgreens leaves a neighborhood, they disrupt the entire community and they take them and they take with them baby formula, diapers, asthma inhalers, life-saving medication and of course jobs these closures are not arbitrary and they are not innocent they are life-threatening acts of racial and economic discrimination that is why I joined with Senator Markey and Warren to demand answers from Walgreens CEO why was there no community input no adequate notice to customers and no transition resources to prevent gaps in health care shame on you Walgreens having a website with talking points about health equity and underserved communities is not an enough. Walgreens is a multi-billion dollar corporation that needs to put their money where their mouth is and stop General divesting from black and brown communities.
1: You know, that's Representative Presley. F- friends, it's not Walgreens leaving that's disrupting the community. It's the crime that's disrupting the community. She talked about them pulling this out because of racial discrimination and, and, and didn't have a community input. Well, the community has given their input. We're going to smash and grab. We're going to steal things. We're going to threaten customers that are coming in and putting your employees at risk. But this is the view of the squad, folks. And that squad has been on the increase in our United States government. Let's get on to another issue here today on Crosstalk. This coming from HotAir.com, acting on intelligence that Hamas's leadership abroad had coordinated weapons distribution from a cell embedded in a Jenin hospital. The IDF conducted a raid and killed its leaders and two uh, operatives. Hamas had planned to run another October 7th-style massacre out of the West Bank using the uh, Ibn Sina hospital as its command center. According to a joint statement by the IDF, Israel's police, uh, YAMAM, counterterrorism forces, and the Shibet, uh, Hamas terrorist Mohammed Jalmana was uh, killed during the operation, along with two fellow terrorists who hid alongside him at the hospital. The... um, A terrorist resident of the Jenin refugee camp held direct communication with Hamas leadership abroad. According to the statement, it was uh, responsible for transferring weaponry and ammunition to Hamas terrorists across the West Bank for shooting attacks targeting Israelis. Furthermore, he used the hospital as a secret base of operations as he was planning an infiltration attack akin to the uh, the, the one inspired by the October 7th massacre. The other two operatives killed in the raid had a long history of terror activities. And yet Israel continues to be blamed for the the, the killing of civilians. and, And how can you do this? You're being indiscriminate, Israel. Here we have the masterminds that are sitting in a hospital waging their next attack on Israel that's going to be reminiscent of what happened on October the 7th. Jihad Watch reporting at least 190 United Nations, Gaza-based employees are operatives of Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad terrorist groups, a newly released Israeli intelligence report shows. The six-page dossier shows some 190 UNRWA employees, including teachers, have dubbed as Hamas or Islamic Jihad militants. The news agency Reuters reported. The recent highlights are the uh, the large-scale infiltration of the U.N. agency by Islamic terrorists in Gaza. The revelation comes days after Israel provided evidence showing that several employees of U.N.'s Palestinian aid agency, UNRWA, took part in the October 7th massacre. We covered some of these issues earlier this week with Dr. Showers on Crosstalk. Well, from Jihad Watch also, now the Israeli Land Authority has just presented UNRWA, which has in recent years been squatting on 21 years of Jewish-owned land in northern Jerusalem with a set of demands. First, it must promptly destroy the buildings it's constructed on the site. Second, it must vacate the area. And third, it must pay an enormous sum, sum of some 17 million shekels. It's about $4.6 million to settle claims of back rent due to the ILA as the owner of the property. Okay, Christian Post telling us an influential group of more than 1,000 black pastors with thousands of congregants are calling on President Biden and his administration to push for a ceasefire in Gaza as the war between Israel and Hamas deepens. But former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says the call for a ceasefire is the message of Russian President Vladimir Putin. Black faith leaders are extremely disappointed in the Biden administration on this issue. The Reverend Timothy McDonald, senior pastor of First Iconium Bast- Baptist Church in Atlanta, which has more than 1,500 members, told the New York Times. We're afraid, said McDaniel, who was one of the first pastors of more than 200 black cur- clergy in Georgia to sign an open letter calling for a ceasefire. We've talked about it. It's going to be very hard to persuade our people to go back to the polls and to vote for Biden. Well, they uh, find it's uh, very interesting to see all that's unfolding here. But uh, they're also asking for uh, Israel to stop its occupation of the West Bank. Daily Wire reporting that commanders in Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, a designated foreign terrorist organization have reportedly gone into hiding in Iraq and Syria after President Joe Biden's administration have repeatedly leaked their alleged plans to launch retaliatory strikes against those responsible for murdering three U.S. uh, soldiers and wounding dozens more over the weekend. CBS News reported that Biden officials confirmed to the network that plans had been approved for a series of strikes over a number of days against targets, including Iranian personnel and facilities inside Iraq and Syria. Thank you for the tip off. We are now going into hiding, folks. It just does not make sense. It does not make sense. If you're looking for the secure, the welfare of our nation and its citizens and our soldiers, you don't do things like this. American Military News is reporting that the U.S. Department of Justice charged four Chinese nationals on Wednesday for illegally exporting and smuggling U.S. electronic equipment to Iran's military. They issued a press release the Department of Justice did Wednesday, noting that the four Chinese nationals exported and smuggled U.S. export-controlled items through China and Hong Kong, ultimately for the benefit of entities affiliated with the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. Coming to us from WND.com, global shipping has been thrown into disarray by attacks from Iran-backed Houthi militants in the Red Sea, adding expenses and travel time to freight companies, which will eventually be passed down to American consumers. The number of weekly transits uh, transits, uh, going through the Suez and Red Sea have dropped 42%. Uh, This is a uh, route typically being responsible for about 12% of global trade. And uh, we understand that... uh, that uh, they're having now to go around the uh, Cape of Good Horn. And uh, that's adding, well, normally uh, that trip is twice as long, 10,000 to 12,000 nautical miles versus four to 5,000 nautical miles. And uh, friends, the pocketbook is going to see it. This coming from the Daily Wire, the U.S. is reportedly planning to relocate nuclear weapons to the U.K. for the first time in nearly two decades to counter the threat of Russian aggression engulfing the European continent. The Telegraph reports that it gained access to sensitive Pentagon documents that said the U.S. has procurement contracts for a new facility in Suffolk that uh, confirms that the U.S. intends to place nuclear warheads three times the strength of the uh, Hiroshima bomb at the airbase. The threat from Russia is so serious that the Admiral Rob Bauer, he's with the Royal Netherlands Navy, chairman of the military committee of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, warned last week that Europeans needed to be mentally ready to fight a major war against the Russians in the next two decades. Also from... um, South China Morning Post, they were saying that Russia in a new push to expand its influence in Africa is recruiting for an armed force to replace the Wagner group's mercenaries across the continent. The African Corps would bolster Russia's military presence with what it says would be a network of planned defense ministry control bases in a bid to revive Moscow's Cold War era clout on the continent. At a time of steeply declining Western influence, it would also allow the Kremlin to consolidate control of Wagner's business network in Africa, including the lucrative mining interest. And also uh, from uh, worthy news, uh, the NATO military alliance has begun its largest exercise since the Cold War, involving 90,000 troops as several European nations prepare for possible war with Russia. The game The war game running through May will bring together a record number of troops from the United States to Europe, said NATO Military Committee Chair Admiral Rob Bauer. It's called Steadfast Defender 2024. It comes as Russia continues its invasion of Ukraine. China threatens to attack Taiwan. The Israel-Hamas war seems to escalate into a broader Middle East battle quickly. Friends, we're going to be back here in just a moment. I'm going to have some more stories here today on the broadcast. Stay with us. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network.
7: For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon Hout. I've been talking on my broadcast about the border convoy. They're going to California and Texas and Arizona. And it all is culminating at Eagle Pass, apparently, or near there on Sunday, February 3rd. Reporters on the ground that I'm interviewing, many of them citizen reporters, are saying that three different state agencies are warning that this could be a problem and the FBI will be present. Is this another J6-style setup? I know some people, indeed, definitely want to express their concerns about what's happening in America. But Americans and Christians need to be very wise and very discerning, because there are a lot of pitfalls and snares that have been set to, well, manufacture a crisis. So pray for our nation. So many of you want to do something. I get it. I believe in the power of prayer. Indeed, the prayers of the righteous availeth much. Be discerning, be wise, and pray.
1: Well, I definitely need another hour today here in Crosstalk, but uh, friends, again, I trust this burdens us to be praying for this nation and to recognize the times indeed are perilous. And as Paul told Timothy, he said, preach the word. And that's what we need in pulpits across this nation, not to cower away from biblical truth, but to preach the word, salvation by grace through faith alone in Christ alone uh how crit- critically it's important in such a time as this oh well, friends just moments ago i was telling you know this growing threat that's coming from russia the growing threat from china and this from redstate.com just just it's just hard to fathom what is going to place and and the sheer lunacy that we have in our dependency upon other nations for such critical issues for instance the us military is almost entirely dependent upon china and russia for a metal that is used in many military applications, such as explosives and armor-piercing bullets, the metal is uh, antimony, and China currently owns 53% of the world's supply. However, it processes over 80% of it, of this ore, through contracts with their other producers. The U.S.'s last source of antimony, the that's a Stibnite mine, is the Stibnite mine in Idaho, that ceased operation in 1997. This issue has hit the front burner of Capitol Hill, the House Armed Services Committee, investigating the status of the Defense National Stockpile, which is charged with maintaining a strategic reserve of rare min- minerals, and our stockpile and the infrastructure to operate will largely cease to exist by 2025 unless urgent action is taken. The New York Post reporting China preparing its legion of hackers to wreak it Havoc on critical U.S. infrastructure, warned FBI Director Christopher Wray, warned lawmakers this past Wednesday. Digital infiltrators working for the People's Republic of China are specifically targeting American water treatment plants, the electrical grid, oil and natural gas pipelines, and transportation systems, according to the FBI director, who noted that the Chinese hackers far outnumber the Bureau's cyber personnel. To qualify what we're up against... The People's Republic of China has a bigger hacking problem than that of every major nation combined, said the FBI director. In fact, if you took every single one of the FBI cyber agents and intelligence analysts and focused them exclusively on the China threat, China's hackers would still outnumber FBI cyber personnel by at least 50 to 1. 50 to 1. And so you see these threats that are coming from the outside, friends? You see the threats that are from the outside, but look what's happening inside as well. What is happening across our borders as we speak? The number of those entering our country illegally from from rogue nations across this world that are coming in, and we're just putting down the, the welcome mat and say come on in, we'll 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 check up on you for your asylum appointment in what, twenty thirty five? Lord willing, this coming Monday, we'll be touching base again with the Center for Immigration Studies and give the lowdown. We've got got, uh, the Secretary Mayorkas, who is uh, facing impeachment here at this time. Troubling things that are taking place at our borders. But friends, keep in mind, it is righteousness that exalts a nation. And sin is a reproach to any people. How badly this world needs Jesus. It's a heart change. Friends, the most important matter, we've said this before, the most important matter is not who occupies the White House, it is who occupies your heart. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior? Times are not going to get better. Things are going to wax worse and worse. Just said Mike Gendron on the other day, deceiving and being deceived. Deception is massive. And friends, we need to be alert to these times in which we live. We are called to be salt. We are called to be light. We're called to be stewards. A man be found faithful as a steward, until the Lord returns again. Are you doing that? This past week, in the uh, House of Representatives, Pastor Jack Hibbs really triggered atheists uh, with his prayer that he gave at the U.S. Capitol. As we close today's Crosstalk program, I'm going to play for you that you can listen in to the prayer that was prayed at the U.S. House of Representatives. Outraging many. Yes, he does Name the name of Jesus Christ in this prayer. But friends, I trust this will be a fitting end to where we are as a nation. We know that the nation is blessed whose God is the Lord. And it doesn't just start at the top of this land. It starts in individual hearts and lives across this planet. Across this nation, I should say. Let's uh, listen to that prayer right now by Pastor Jack Hibbs.
8: Prayer will be offered by the guest chaplain, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, Chino, California. Let's pray. Almighty God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, together we come before you in humility as a people in need of your forgiveness, your mercy, your goodness, and your grace. For these 250-so years, our fathers in this Congress have prayed for your guidance and protection. And so, we stand here in humble petition that you today might do the same. That this nation and its unparalleled Constitution, your great gift to all freedom-loving people, might be renewed here and across this land as a beacon of hope to all who seek peace. I ask you today, Father, to bring to us a great awakening of righteousness and confidence in you, who alone is mighty to save. Hear my cry in this hour of great need that we might be humbly blessed before you in the repentance of our national sins. You, Almighty God, are the source of all wisdom, and there is no wisdom but that which comes from you. So please come upon those here who are the stewards over the business of our nation with your wisdom, which comes from above and with your holy fear, knowing that your coming day of judgment draws near when all who have been and are now in authority will answer to you, the great judge of heaven and of earth for the decisions that they make here in this place I offer this prayer to you Father in the name of Jesus Christ our son your son and our crucified savior and resurrected lord in Jesus name amen
1: amen amen, amen. pastor jack hibbs praying before the United States House of Congress and friends I trust uh, again your heart is burdened to be praying for this nation Be praying that God will give you open doors of opportunity that you'll pass through to share the good news with somebody else. Oh, friends, uh, we may not be able to influence uh, legislation in in any significant way. But boy, oh boy, how great it is to share the love of Jesus with another soul. Thanks for joining us here today on Crosstalk. It's Friday today. The Lord's Day is coming.